When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, everybody just calm down. Everybody just calm down after what happened last night in Minnesota. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Chris Carlin, live from the East Coast. He's Joe Fortenbaugh, live from the West Coast. You are in Ojai, California, which for some reason I would always believe should somehow be Hawaiian because of its name. I don't know why that is. Joseph, how are you? Spoken like someone from New Jersey. Not the least bit surprising that a member of the Garden State would have that reaction to hearing something of the name of Ohio. I'm not necessarily 100% positive where I am either. (laughs) Flew in last night from Las Vegas, uh, took a ride from LAX north, ended up in the mountains, couldn't see anything because it was dark, got out this morning. It's all very beautiful here. It's the ESPNW Summit. Your boy has been asked to speak at a breakaway session, a breakout session on uh, sports betting. So I just got to get through whatever this is for the next few hours, and then boom, we're on the bigger and better things. Welcome to every day (laughs) of the rest of your life. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, and we're going to change things up a little bit to start the program today. They say what? What? I have to believe one and one is three. I, I can't. I can't uh, operate where one and one is two. They said what? And it is Jerry Jones who will start us today, Joseph, for this morning on his radio show on 105.3 The Fan down in Dallas in reference to last night's game between the Vikings and the 49ers. Well, I would have um, uh, liked uh, to have played better against the 49ers and, of course, watched with interest this entire weekend's games, but certainly that one last night. And uh, you see uh, that it's uh, a, a team step up there and play like Minnesota did and their quarterback did. Uh, uh, there can be had the 49ers I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, well, you didn't have them. And here's the problem. If you want to buy into that idea off of last night, you are a silly, silly man. I don't believe that for a second. It was a bad night, Joe, for Brock Purdy. It was a bad night for the San Francisco 49ers. But there is nothing, nothing I have seen through the first seven weeks of the year that would change my opinion of Purdy or the 49ers. They are both uh, things that I am not remotely concerned about in the NFC this season. In terms of a seismic shift, I agree with you. We're not going to come off that game last night and say the sky is falling in San Francisco. They need to make a move for Kirk Cousins, the panic mode. No, 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 no. It's a couple losses, right? Like you go to Cleveland last week, you're off a huge win against Dallas. You got to fly to the East Coast, essentially. I know it's not the actual East Coast, but you're in the Eastern time zone. Early start time, elite defense, guys get hurt, you lose the game. And you still had a chance to win it late, as you pointed out, with the missed field goal. So then the following week, you got to turn around again. You got to hit the road to Minnesota. Tough place to play with the crowd noise. Monday night football. There's a lot working against you there. You don't play particularly well, especially on defense. You know, defense wasn't an issue a week before. Now defense is an issue this week. Offense isn't able to pick them up. Boom. Now you're on a two-game losing streak. 
I will point out one thing here, though, and I'm not going to say that there's reason for panic, but you've now lost two games. And if you continue to lose here and there, or at least your losing rate is of a higher frequency than the Philadelphia Eagles, that would mean, and we all know the goal in San Francisco is to win a Super Bowl this year, you might have to go through Philadelphia to get there. And Brock Purdy's home road splits in his career are starting to become alarming. At home in his career, he's completing 71% of his passes. On the road, that number plummets to 62%. At home, 16 touchdowns, only three interceptions. On the road, eight TDs, four interceptions. Not awful. Two-to-one ratio, not awful, but nowhere near what he does at home. His yards per game falls from 214 to 165. His quarterback rating plummets. And at home, he's only fumbled one time and he didn't lose it. On the road, he's fumbled four times and he's lost one of them. So ultimately, we are looking at a situation here where as we get into the nuance and we try to handicap who it's going to be that makes it to and eventually wins the Super Bowl, Purdy on the road is a very different quarterback than Brock Purdy at home. Yeah, but I didn't see that last night. And and the two interceptions, I get it. Um, one of them, I would say, was not his fault in that the receiver slipped up and was not in the place where he would have been, and it turned into a pick. And last night, he completed 70% of his passes. He threw for 270 yards. The problem is the 49ers are not constructed to come from behind a lot. Brock Purdy is not a guy that's going to go out there and throw for 350 yards. I mean, we're coming off him two weeks ago, Joe, being the favorite for the MVP, right? And it wasn't because he was going out and putting up Patrick Mahomes-like numbers. It was because he was a very good quarterback on a team that is an excellent football team. But that team, since 2017, how about this, is 0-29 when they are entering the fourth quarter with a five-point deficit or more. They are not constructed to come back. They're not constructed to come back, and they are more constructed to run the football. So I asked this question off of this last night. Does the fact that you had a Christian McCaffrey who was not 100% and they didn't run him nearly as much as they normally would, only 15 times last night for 65 yards, part of it was the Vikings absolutely did a good job, but I'm convinced that part of it was that Kyle Shanahan at least when he could, was going to limit his touches a bit. They asked Purdy to go out there and throw the ball 30 times. Um, I'm not taking any of the blame away from him, other than what I said about the interceptions, but I don't look at that as anything more of than just one of those nights. Let's, let's talk about the defense for a second, Joe. It wasn't very good, but I, I still don't know how Kirk Cousins got out of some of the situations he was in without at least being bothered by what the pass rush was doing. And we have to give credit where credit is due. Well, the defense is a major problem, or at least it was last night. You gave up 452 yards to a Minnesota Vikings team that was without Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, by the way, that same offense was without Jefferson the previous week at Chicago, where they scored only 19 points. That was the lowest offensive output for any team against the Bears in a 16-game stretch. And somehow they turned around this week, went up against one of, if not the best defenses in the NFL, and hung 452 yards on them. They held the ball for 35 minutes. We talked about this. 
going into the Dallas game. We said if the Cowboys were going to have a shot against the Niners, you got to swing the time of possession. So many people will point to the fact that time of possession doesn't matter anymore now in the NFL because it seems like the Miami Dolphins putting up 500 yards in 22 minutes against the Giants. Agreed. Agreed. But it still matters for some teams because it indicates their style of play. San Francisco wants to run. They want to drain the clock. They want to keep their defense fresh so that those pass rushers can get after you late in the fourth quarter to close out the game. But when you hold the ball and you wear down the opposing defense, suddenly they're playing on their heels. The defense isn't as effective late in the game. We saw that yesterday. And then the offense is asked to carry more of the burden. And when you get away from the running game and the defense, that means you put it squarely on the shoulders of the quarterback. That's where Purdy's going to need to make plays. That's where Jimmy Garoppolo oftentimes did make plays, but then in games against the Rams in the NFC Championship or late in the game against Kansas City in the Super Bowl, Garoppolo missed on one or two key plays that would have swung the game. Your quarterback doesn't need to be Peyton Manning or Tom Brady when you play in the San Francisco system, but he's going to need to make a couple plays here and there when you don't go exactly according to the script that they were able to use against Dallas and Pittsburgh and some of these other teams that they're never going to run into in the postseason. Well, there are two stats from the game that lead to exactly what you're talking about. And it's third down conversions. The fact that the Vikings were phenomenal on third downs last night. Again, speaking to the fact, I I still don't know how Kirk Cousins wasn't sacked once. He was great last night. He was great. He's killing that narrative of Kirk Cousins in primetime, which so many people have loved, myself included, have loved to have fun with over the years. Yeah, yeah. And the other is time of possession. That third down, those third down conversions lead to the Vikings having the ball for 35 minutes. And part of that is Purdy having to get the job done on the other side. It was a bad night for the 49ers defense that was on the field a lot. It was a bad night for Brock Purdy. To the original point, Does anything about what happened last night change one single thing about your impressions of Brock Purdy in the grand scheme, about your impressions of the 49ers in the grand scheme? No, still a top two team in the NFC. Purdy's still a great story. Purdy's still more than capable of running and executing this offense well. You and I never fully brought into the MVP hype a couple weeks ago to begin with. Like, that was the thing. When you're not living on the extreme with the good, you don't have to worry about making huge adjustments when the extreme goes the other way to the bad. He is a good, competent, capable quarterback. He is above average. He has played well. The Niners are a great football team. They're going to be around late in the season. But as we try to sift through what we've seen the last couple weeks, the one thing that's sticking out in my mind, watching Brock Purdy play on the road moving forward because the numbers do take a dip. And if you end up in Philadelphia in January, well, that's going to be a tight spot to try to win a football game where you're going to be asked to make a couple key plays in a couple key spots. That's more than fair. And what I think we have learned here from this segment is being measured and rational makes for great yeah. sports talk radio. That's how we do things around these parts. I mean, I'm, I am at this like wellness retreat right now. I am feeling great. I ate an orange You're very this zen morning. today. You're very zen. I'm, I'm feeling it. Thank you. For, I got the Hawaiian shirt on. Everything, everything just feels nice. I don't want to... He- we're not overreacting to anything. We're not over- Victor Wembanyama for N- NBA MVP. That's it. That's the take for today. Yeah, that's it. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Let's get some lunch. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're just getting started, and we want you to be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Did anything about last night change your impressions of the 49ers? 
or of Brock Purdy? I honestly want to know that because those people, and you know who you are, I'm not calling them out directly by name because, you know, how does that help me? But (laughs) those people who are bailing on Brock Purdy or bailing on the 49ers, I want to know why. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It is not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. Lines are open for you right now at 888-729-3776. Now, we do have a little bit of breaking news from one team in the midst of a potential fire sale. Plus, the more things change in the NFL the more they stay the same. Again, it's an amazing tease when I have no idea what we're talking about. And that's the case right here. (laughs) No clue what I just said on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, we got some, I don't know if we're going major breaking news. We call it, uh, you know, kind of middle of the road break. breaking. Breaking news? <laughs> yeah. uh, Titans coach Mike Vrabel told reporters today that he expects both quarterbacks, both quarterbacks, Malik Willis and Will Levis, to play against the Falcons if Ryan Tannehill doesn't. Now, Tannehill is not practicing practicing today due to an ankle injury. Now, we, we saw yesterday the Titans are already, you know, unloading with Kevin Bayard going to the Eagles, which, I mean, Howie Roseman, every year, every year gets the guy. It's amazing. He gets the guy that he needs in the worst way, and he gets him for virtually nothing. And that's, again, what he did here. But... Point being, you know, Tannehill could be another guy that could be on the move here by next, uh, is it Tuesday? I believe it's Tuesday. 31st, 31st. yes. Uh, Today's the 24th, so yeah, next Tuesday's the 31st. There you Uh, go, you got there. Look at me. At 4 p.m. Eastern, I can add Carlin versus the calendar. (laughs) 
Oh, it is Carlin versus Joe in this instance on ESPN Radio. Let's get a couple of calls in quick on Purdy and the Niners. We're going to start with Frank in New Mexico first on ESPN Radio. Francois, what's going on, dude? Good morning. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Yes. From Santa Fe, uh, oldest capital city in the U.S. Hey, listen, gentlemen, it's about the, the, what they did to get Trey Lance and all the capital that they gave up to get this one person, and it fizzled, and I'm not too happy uh, being a 49er fan for 56 years, 67 as a kid. So um, I don't know what more, gentlemen, I can say. I'm very disappointed in the Niners, but they got a lot of work, and uh, they but know that they got to do. But did last night change anything? Did last night change anything about what you thought for them in the big picture right now? No, they they just got beat up. They're hurt. They're, they're uh, I think their 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 psyche is a little off right now. You know, I th- I don't know where their heads are at, but they need to get back in because they've been playing good ball this time. What happened? You know, what the, I don't know. I don't think it's overconfidence. I think they're just not. They're not. They. I think they kind of maybe already maybe peaked. Who knows? Eh, I don't know about that, uh, Joe. What role? Do you think that no Debo Samuel played in this? Because, you know, you were talking about the home versus road splits, the Debo Samuel versus non-Debo Samuel uh, splits are alarming in, in, you know, how well that they play offensively. Yeah, it, 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 it's going to matter, obviously. It's the same thing as Miami coming off the Philly loss and pointing to the fact they didn't have their corners. Like these, these things, these guys are, are star players. All right, they're handsomely rewarded. Debo got a big contract, not because he's terrible, but because he's really good and he means a lot to the offense. So you're down that guy. Some other guys are banged up. Yeah, you're going into a tight spot. But you know what? And I know some people don't want to hear this, but Vegas can be a, a good indicator. Vegas still had you as a touchdown favorite. It's not like they didn't know Debo's impact. It's not that they didn't know McCaffrey was banged up. Like, they will give you an indicator of what the team is worth when fully healthy versus what they're worth when not fully healthy. And they still put them out there as a touchdown favorite on the road at Minnesota. And the Niners were never leading that game, if I remember correctly. Never leading that game. And if they were, it was very brief, and it certainly wasn't happening in the second half of that game. So I would spin it to this, and I'm going to ask you this question. I need you to think it through. Maybe we've had this all backwards. Is it actually the Cowboys who broke the 49ers two weeks ago? Who broke them how? By making <laughs> it's, a, them... it's a joke. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did when there? You I took it me, real serious. Uh, but here's I the set problem. you up real serious there. But when you say something like, I'm going to need you to think this through, and like all of oh, a yeah. sudden, we go from the music in my head to, oh, oh, lock in. Lock in, chucklehead. He's got a serious question for you. Classic sleight of hand in the radio business right there. Classic sleight of hand. Uh, Because they came off that game, and this is to the caller's point, Francois's point. (laughs) Look, two weeks ago, coming off the Niner game, people were probably thinking, oh, the Niners can go, you know, 20 and 0. Niners are going to win the whole thing. Niners are the best team in the NFL. Now we go through a bit of a rough patch, and everyone's looking around thinking, what's wrong with the team? This happens every year under Shanahan. Last year, people forget they started 1 and 2. Does anyone remember that? They went nope. to Chicago with Trey Lance in that monsoon, and they lost. They bounced back by beating Seattle. Then they were at Denver on, I think it was a Sunday night game, and they lost that game 11-10. They couldn't do anything. Denver and Chicago both stunk last year. This will happen every year. In fact, the Niners 
one, two, three. They were three and four to open the season last year. They went on to lose to Atlanta and Kansas City. Like, people completely wrote them off last year, and then they went on that torrid winning streak down the stretch at the end of the season. So, yes, back-to-back losses. There are little things you want to look at here. To Carlin's point, how they play when they're trailing in a game. They're off their rhythm. They're off their schedule, and that's not where they're at their best. Um, How does Brock Purdy play on the road versus home? Those are somewhat alarming numbers that you want to pay attention to. But overall, there's no reason to sound the alarm bells here. Like, this is still a, a very good team. Remember, we just watched Detroit get housed at Baltimore, and Philadelphia has looked good but not elite like last season. So the NFC is still very winnable for the Niners. Phillip is up next in Ohio on ESPN Radio. Hey, Phillip, what's going on, dude? Hey, how you guys doing? Love the show. Listen to you every lunch. I was just going to say there's nothing wrong with the offense of San Francisco. They got some injuries. They're banged up. What I would be worried about is the defense because the pass rush did not get there. And when the pass rush does not get there for the 49ers, they are really vulnerable in the middle of the field and over top. So I just wanted to say love the show, guys. Go Brownies. Good Appreciate take. That, strong though. take right there about how much he loves the show. That, that yeah. was strong. I agree. Most important thing to take out of that call. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear anything else. I didn't hear fact, anything else. Love the fact that he is sitting and eating lunch and listening. Love it. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Uh, if we're going to talk about how they didn't get home and they didn't get enough pass rush on. They really did. It just felt like at times Kirk Cousins was just somehow getting the ball out mysteriously like there are times he literally disappeared in the middle of that pile and still was able to get rid of it in time I never felt like they weren't putting enough pressure on I just felt like he handled it brilliantly he was fantastic last night Kevin O'Connell had a really solid game plan for the Vikings and how they were going to attack the Niner defense. Steve Wilkes, as the defensive coordinator at the Niners, he's got to get back to the drawing board because his guys were getting run up and down that field last night. You can't give up 450 on the road to a Minnesota team that's without Justin Jefferson. I will say with O'Connell, as good of a job as he did of play calling and having that team ready to go, late in that game, you got to get more aggressive, son. You got to get more aggressive. What are you doing with some of those decisions? It's the Niners. Don't play scared. Go for the win. I was stunned, stunned that he punted the football uh, on that fourth down and what, two, I think it was, fourth and two, two and a half, uh, midway through the fourth quarter. You got to go for it there. And even if it's, you know, it's at midfield, you're going to give them good position. That's fine. You know what? Exactly what you just said. In that spot. You don't beat the Niners with punts and field goals, just generally speaking. And I have to tell you, Joe, like throughout the course last night, I thought the Niners were going to win anyway. Yeah. I thought they were going to win anyway. They had the ball down, what was it, five? They, 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 yeah. they had plenty of time. Like It just felt like O'Connell played too conservative. The Niners were going to go down, steal the game, and Minnesota was going to be left to think, what if? They You'll- ended up making a big play. They had the interception late to seal the deal. But th- the fact remains – they didn't necessarily have to give the Niners that opportunity. That's something they should revisit this week when they're going over the tape. You will appreciate this. I am sitting there watching the game. I got the split screen through YouTube TV, which is phenomenal. They put a multi-view up for two sports. It's awesome. Anyway, uh, and I am watching the live line on my phone uh, through the app. And it goes up at 16 to 7 to the Niners plus 285 on the money line. Mm. And I'm like, I, I have to jump on that. 
Right? I mean, you it would be you know how stupid it would be to pass on an opportunity like that. Yeah, you have to. It's 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 outside your control at that point. Do you know how long it was at plus two eighty five? Oh, probably less than thirty seconds. Yes, yes, <laughs> it was about thirty five to forty seconds, and for the rest of the night, it was at plus. I don't know, 100, 110, 120, even before they got that close. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I wasn't the only one who thought that eventually, no matter what happens here, San Francisco will end up winning this game. That used to be a uh, that used to be a thing we would do with the Warriors in the like pre Durant and then Durant age. They used to come back from like nineteen down. So when you would see them down big and it'd go to a timeout, it's like, oh, Warriors look terrible tonight. Down twenty one midway through the second. Fire money line. Fire money line. Fire Boom. money line. And then eventually they caught on to this and they'd be down twenty one in the second and it'd be like even money. Like they yeah. were, the books were like, no, we know what Steph's going to do. We're not giving you the opportunity here. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Well, we told you about Brock Purdy not too long ago being the favorite for the MVP. Well, everybody is hitting the default settings right now after week seven. We'll explain next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think both he and Pat are they're on the same page. That's, that's a challenge, you know. They're going to fake a handoff. Now they're going to go on a pass inside and dragging into the end zone. Touchdown, City. He might be getting better with age. Now Mahomes darting to his right. He's holding it. Fires it late. Five stretches out with a left shoulder. Touchdown for 46 yards. The blame is mine. No one else's. Absolutely stunning that after seven weeks and a bunch of uh, changing up the top of the favorites to not only win the Super Bowl, but also to win the MVP, that we find ourselves at a default position of the Kansas City Chiefs being the favorites and Patrick Mahomes being the favorite for MVP. It's Carla versus Joe, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We welcome in Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst who is joining the show right now. And Jeff, let's just start there. Off of what we saw last night, Joe and I have been very measured in our feelings about the 49ers that not much has changed. So how do you read them here over the last couple of games? 
I think it's a couple back. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I look at the Cleveland game. They should have won the game, right? Like Purdy brings them back. The kicker misses a 40-yarder. Uh, you know, Moody, who's young, and then he goes on and, and, and misses again last night. Um, you know, you got McCaffrey who fumbles in the red zone, which is uncharacteristic, right? You can't have those things. And then obviously the Purdy interceptions uh, in the latter portion of the game. But at the end of the day, this team is still, um, you know, that's without Debo Samuel, without Williams, which are two huge pieces. I mean, if you look at Purdy and his numbers without Debo versus with them, um, it's two you know completely different quarterbacks, right? Seventy percent completion rate with them, sixty without. You know, no interceptions with him. I think eight touchdowns, and then I think three and three touchdowns, interceptions um, with him without him on the field. And so you just look at and listen. Most good quarterbacks in the league got you know it's like Josh Allen. He's got Stephon Diggs, right? Like you, everybody's got their go-to guy. When your go-to guy is down, uh, it makes it look a little. But they're still, in my in my opinion, they're still a top uh, you know three or four team in the NFL. Um, you, you know, when you stack them against anybody. On the other side of the field, Kirk Cousins looked great last night. He led an offense that put up over 450 yards against one of the best defenses in the league. You know, a lot of people have been suggesting and kicking around the idea of whether or not the Vikings would trade Kirk Cousins. Troy Aikman on the broadcast last night said Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I mean, Carlin and I were kicking this around this morning. Do you think Minnesota is getting close to a point where they might revisit the idea of a new contract with Kirk Cousins? I do think that. I'm sure they're considering that as the season goes on, right? Kind of waiting to see him. And we know Kirk Cousins ain't going to be in any hurry. I mean, this guy, he's as patient as they come as far as, um, you know, contract negotiations go. But when you look at this team, that's without, that's without Justin Jefferson, right? They put up that number. Um, now, I do think, again, I mean, the, the, the interception that gets stripped out of his hands that goes for a touchdown with Addison, you know, they, I think Warner missed a bunch of tackles that he normally doesn't, or not a bunch, but he missed some tackles. Uh, Greenlaw as well. Like, they just, San Francisco just didn't play San Francisco style ball. I mean, if, you, if you're being real. And so, you know, they, obviously they carved him up, give a ton of credit to Cousins and that Minnesota Viking offense. But, um, you know, when you're looking at Minnesota and, and what, what their expectations are, it's do they think he can get them to the Super Bowl? I'm, I'm not sure you find – I mean, you're not going to draft one that's going to be better. I don't know that you go out and just find one. I mean, who's going to hit the market that's going to be much better? I've always been, hey, you, you might want to get rid of your guy. You might want to fire him, but who are your hiring types? So I, I'd much rather hear who they're going to hire before I decide to let Kirk Cousins go for sure. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst joining us. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. All right, we mentioned the Chiefs a few minutes ago. So are they the best team in your estimation in the league right now? I, I still have the Eagles as one, um, but I have, the, I have the Chiefs there at two, and it, you're splitting hairs. I, I think for me the biggest thing is I think the, I think the Eagles have more playmakers on the outside. Obviously, Mahomes is in an elite category all by himself, right? So let's take that one off the table. Uh, as, as good as Hurts is, he's not in that not in that stratosphere, right? There, there's nobody else in the league that is. But when I look at, you know, if, if you take Kelsey out of their offense, their run game still hasn't blossomed. They, they always run the better. I mean, they run the ball better when they get towards the playoffs. But when you when you think about it, there's not a lot of other guys on that offense that just give you this great pause. When you look at AJ Brown, Smith. Like, you, you look at the Phillies' offensive line, and you have a good offensive line, then you go to the defensive line. I think they're, uh, they're, they're more physical in Philly. Um, now, the, the Chiefs, their, their, their numbers, are, I think they're number one or two in the league in defense. So, there's again, you're splitting hairs, but I still give the edge to me uh, would be to the Eagles um, and then the Chiefs. 
So since we're talking about the Eagles, what did you think about the move of the organization trading for Tennessee safety Kevin Byard to shore up their back end? Yeah, Howie Rose, I don't don't know what this dude does, but however he gets it done, it's (laughs) insane. I mean, how how good he is at at bringing in, and again, you're talking about Byard, who is a uh, an all-pro style, you know, player in, in your defensive backfield where you've had some injuries and you let go of a great one last year. Um, and so it matters. I mean, and, and you think when it gets down to playoff time, just having that having that uh, confidence that the guy back there is going to be in the right spot, get you in the right spot, it, it, those things just play – you know, they paid huge dividends. And you think about the A.J. Brown trade last year um, that he makes – he just he, – he has a way. I don't know what Tennessee's doing, but, but stop giving them all them good dudes. If you're in the NFC, you're like – you hate Tennessee right now because they just keep stacking them. And, and, and you're, you're like, come on, man. Like, give us a shot too. <laughs> hey, Jeff, we've got Ronnie Stanley on tomorrow. Uh, oh. Why do you think the Ravens have been so, you know, inconsistent in losing the games they have and yet you play the way they did the other day and they look like nobody could beat them? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, you, to your point, is is consistency, right? Like, the Steelers game, you know, they just kind of left them in the game. Like, they should have they should have closed that game out well before uh, and, and end up leaving the Steelers in. They end up winning. And, again, the, the, the loss to the Colts, um, they, they just can't. It, it's kind of like one of those things where they, when the game is big for them, they play it big, uh, but they have to take every one like that. I, I will say this, though. I think they're – I mean, the defense, to me, has played good all season. Their offensive line, I felt like, played the cleanest game that they have. And I know nobody thinks that, you know, nobody wants to talk about offensive line. It's not sexy to talk about. But when, as this team progresses, if their line can play that style, because um, even, when, even when they were getting blitzed, they had to get the blitz from depth because they were picking everything up in the interior six and making the edge be the pressure. And Lamar Jackson is tough to pin down. When it's one-on-one, the guys come up from the outside, that's a slippery human being, right? So it, it, there wasn't a whole lot of internal pressure. If they get that type of performance, it's going to be difficult for anybody to beat the Ravens. So that style of Ravens, to me, separates itself. I don't know if they had a shift of mindset of what they were going to do. They were going to short set it inside, but that was by far the cleanest game to me. And again, if you get pressure on Lamar Jackson from the edges, it's one thing. Internal pressure destroys all – I don't care how good the quarterback is – because it messes with it, them being able to step up. It messes with their lanes. Outside pressure, man, those goods are those guys are good enough athletes. They can get outside of it. They can step up and then break contain. There's so many different things. And you saw Lamar. I mean, one play he had nine seconds on one of those touchdowns. That, you know, just buying time in the pocket. Um, that that's the style that the Ravens have to get to. And again, they do. That's going to be a, that's going to be one that nobody wants to face. And let me. I didn't think it was possible, but my respect level for Jeff Saturday even higher. This morning after the pancake segment, Rutgers, my guy Kyle Manungai, yeah. right in that, the yeah. running back, laying him out. Jeff, I don't know if you know this, you probably don't. I do the games for Rutgers on the radio, and you, my friend, you get it. <laughs> my man, hey, that was laying out. When running backs, when a star running back at that is willing to lay hat for his boy, there ain't nothing better, dude. There ain't nothing better. And he got two, really, you know what I mean? He got one smoked them and then blocked the other one much respect but i'm glad i'm glad to represent 
That's my guy right there, Joe. That's my guy. He gets it, and Joe looks thoroughly disinterested right I now. Feel, I feel left out of all of this. I feel <laughs> it's just two big guys talking about pancakes, and I'm sitting here. I had an orange this morning. I'm very disappointed in my breakfast. And I respect the fact every day that Jeff is bringing in actual pancakes for the pancake segment. Even better. <laughs> that is Jeff, you know it. You know it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Y'all be good. See y'all. That's Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I got to jump in quickly. I got to jump yes. in real quickly. Go. People that work at ESPN, where does Saturday rank on your guys I'd like to have a beer with list? Oh, my God. He's like near the top, right? He's got it. He be. has to be. How, how would you not? Center, first of all, centers are always the best guys, and they're going to have the best stories. Yeah. I, I was I did an event one time when I was working in Philly with Jason Kelsey before like he blew up like this. The dude's hysterical, hysterical. They always had. I, Jeff is like number two, right? Or Ooh, last who's he, one? He, uh, I don't even know if there is a number one. I might be wrong. Like I I, I just left a little wiggle room in case because okay. I haven't fully analyzed. Think it, it through. We'll we'll revisit. All right. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Joe, speaking of Carlin versus the calendar, it is one of the best days on the sports calendar. Game 7 NLCS, NBA starts tonight, and quite possibly the coolest thing on television next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus the calendar, our first initial uh, segment here. <laughs> think, think about red zone for hockey. That's what this is. Tonight, all 32 NHL teams in action, 16 games, triple header beginning at 6 p.m. on ESPN. But they also have the whip around coverage from 7 to 8 on ESPN Plus, and then continuing on ESPN 2 at 8. It's John Bucci-Gross, as you just heard, along with Kevin Weeks, hosting the Frozen Frenzy tonight. I kind of dig it. I am, red zone for hockey. I am significantly nervous for my own well-being watching this tonight because yeah. there are several individuals who, throughout their tenure of knowing me, have suggested... I may have ADHD. I may have focus issues, commitment issues. There are so many things that people like to diagnose me with. I don't know if I'm, I'm equipped to handle something like this. This feels like excitement overload for me. Yeah. It well, really we're gonna does. Find out. We're going to find out. It's I already mean, a fast-paced game. Like, I already enjoy the speed with which the NHL plays. Like, you're, you're on the edge of your seat. It's baseball very relaxed during the regular season, NHL very aggressive. It, it's such a great change of pace. But if you're going to throw this much at me with Bouchergrass and his chicken parm, I, yeah. I don't know if I'm equipped to handle this, quite frankly. I do have nerves going into this tonight. My wife has a friend coming in uh, from out of town for the next couple of days, staying with us. I'll be making chicken parm tomorrow. That's right. Are you good at that? Uh, that's about the only thing I can make in a very solid fashion that I'm very confident in. Let's take a picture of it. Let's send it to Bucci and let's see what he thinks. He does okay. that on Twitter. I'd like to get Bucci's assessment of your chicken parm. I think we could probably facilitate that in a social media setting. Okay. I dig it. Plus, right. oh, by the way, the NBA starts tonight. We got the Lakers. <laughs> Lakers at Denver, uh, 730 p.m. Eastern. 
TNT and ESPN Radio. Kesty, PJ Carlissimo uh, begin the coverage tonight at 7 on ESPN Radio. And then Phoenix at Golden State, 10 p.m. on TNT. Now, uh, Phoenix, it sounds like Bradley Beal's not playing tonight for Phoenix in his debut. Mode management? Load management situation here? <laughs> I don't think that's it right out of the gate. He's a little banged up right now. But at, at the same time, I expect to see him. It, they're just being extra cautious at the moment. So we got those two. And then Game 7 NLCS. How are you feeling as a Phillies fan as Arizona goes in and beats you in Game 6 yesterday? So there's a, a mixed emotions here because, number one, um, as you're aware, financially, I took a significant hit on that outcome last night. Uh, we'll power through. We'll find a way. We always do. So that's one thing I'm dealing with. Number two, I, losing's one thing. The manner in which they just laid down and died in that game, though, that was a little bit concerning to me. That was not competitive. They could not get the bats going. Once again, very, very much dependent on the top of the order with no one at the bottom of the order coming through. Of course, Bohm gets two hits last night, but neither one of them come in situations that matter. When the bases were first and third early in the game and they could have used a hit from him, he struck out looking. So it's like the, the, the times that guy is coming through – or they're up 10 nothing, and he hits a home run to left. Solo shot. No one cares. In these high leverage spots, he's not delivering. I cannot believe they have not adjusted the order and have someone else hitting behind Harper. This was a problem last year in the World Series. They have not made the adjustments. So, yeah, overall, I mean, there's, concern, there's definitely concern here. But for, from your perspective, I'd imagine there's no concern. You made it. You got through. You were I'm, down big in this series. You beat the Astros. I have to say, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. You I, are not even allowing yourself any joy, by the way. I no, know. I am. You will not give yourself any joy. Well, because I, I think I have told you this before, but as a fan, I have never gotten over what happened in 2011 when they lost to the Cardinals in the oh, World we got to get past that. we got to get past I, that. Dude, you remember how they lost that. They were down to their final strike in Game 6 twice in that game. And... For some reason, I don't have to go into it, but listen, there were a lot of managerial <laughs> no, problems with what happened there, and Ron Washington and I are still not good over that. But All that right. aside, it, Joe, I'm going to open up a little bit right here. All right. It is the only sporting event from a negative standpoint that I have ever shed a tear over. Losing that World Series. Of all sporting events in the history of time for your life, yes. you have cried only once, and it was oh, in a only once way. negatively. In a negative way. In other okay, words, so like tears it, of joy. Went, tears of joy I've had. Okay. Tears of sadness because of a sporting event, it happened once. What was the crying like? Was it blubbering? Was it just a couple tears? No. Was it very subtle? Was it in between? It was, it was a couple of tears to very subtle, but they were okay. there. They were present. And they were undeniable. Mm. Absolutely. So I have not allowed myself to get as emotionally invested because, quite frankly, I've been afraid of getting hurt again. Yeah. And every year I look at this and I beginning of this year, no way I thought this was happening. The DeGrom signing was a nightmare. I, I knew what was going to happen there. And yet here we are. And I'm out there this morning. How do I get tickets? 
I gotta get tickets. There are there are probably some really good breakup books about relationships that would really go handy for sports fans yes. who deal with situations like you're talking about, right? Like, right. how do I get over this? How do I move on? How yep. do I how do I close that chapter in my life? Oh, are you going through a tough breakup? Uh, not exactly. The Rangers lost in the World Series. Yeah, that 2011 <laughs> team, Joe, might have been the love of my life. All right, I'm gonna give you one thing to make Mrs. You feel Carlin better. not listening to this show, so we can say things like that. Yeah. She'd know it. Anyway, um, I'll give you one thing to make you feel better. Lowest career postseason ERA. Ranger Suarez, Christy Matthewson, Sandy Koufax. Ranger Suarez, <laughs> 0. 0.94. He is in that category tonight. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.